So today, no new vaccine news, and the markets seem a little bit disappointed by that. So where to from here? Well, maybe there will be more vaccine news soon to jolly things along. In the meantime, it's the other side of the coin. It's the rising infections, more subdued economic news, and the question about how central banks can influence investment, given there seems to be no shortage of savings. Are the regulators getting in the way? It's Wednesday, the 18th of November, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a slight fall in the US dollar. It's down 0.3% against the Japanese yen. The Aussie dollar, though, hasn't been a beneficiary from the fall in the US dollar. It's down, too, by about 0.2%. The pound is up 0.3% because someone's been talking up Brexit, I think. US equities, though, are down. So maybe this is a day of readjustment. The the Dow losing half a percent. The S&P 500 down 0.3%. The Nasdaq hasn't budged much. But the Eurostox 50 is uh, is down, uh, and uh, the FTSE 100 is down 0.9%, with US stocks down. So Treasury yields, three basis points off 10 years, the same for UK 10-year gilts. And oil is down, half a percent lost on WTI crude, and uh, quite a bit more than that for Brent. So I think I know what's happening here. Let's talk about it with Tapas Strickland, Director of Economics for Markets at NAB. Uh, I mean, nothing new has been said on vaccine trials, Tapas. That's the problem, isn't it? That's what's happening. So the markets are more subdued because they've got used to this week good news every day. So it's not happened. So now they're a bit more maudlin and they're looking at the vaccine, they're looking at the uh, infection numbers instead. Good morning, Phil. Yes, it does seem a bit of deja vu and very similar to uh, market reaction after last week's uh, BioNTech Pfizer vaccine news, where you did get this initial burst of optimism and then you did get a little bit of pairing back of that optimism. And that's pretty much what we've seen uh, overnight with um, equities down slightly uh, and uh, uh, bond yields also uh, falling by around three basis points. We should remember, uh, of course, that equities equities were at record highs. I mean, the Dow and the S&P had record highs yesterday and the S&P has been up almost 11% this month. So we shouldn't be surprised. Definitely. And I guess the two uh, things just to be mindful here is that we've still got a number of different vaccines right around the world that are still uh, coming to the end of their final phase three testing. And one of them is the AstraZeneca vaccine uh, candidate. And uh, I did see a few headlines come out today uh, citing sources of the Department of Health and Social Care in the UK that those uh, results are imminent uh, and that uh, that could be one of the first vaccines to be rolled out just given there has been so much shadow production of the AstraZeneca um, Jenner Institute vaccine. So I think that's something just to be watchful for and could provide another boost to risk sentiment uh, should those results be released uh, in coming days. So I think we just do have to be a little bit mindful that there is still likely to be more positive uh, vaccine news coming out there. And then as you're noting before, uh, that will rise in uh, COVID-19 cases with many more countries and uh, states within the US uh, rolling back uh, all those restrictions that they had had, had eased uh, and uh, putting in um, more restrictions there. And uh, uh, paired along with that is really uh, the lack of a new US fiscal stimulus deal. And I think the Georgia Senate runoffs on January 5 probably limit any bipartisan potential uh, for a deal. So at the same time that many US states are uh, reimposing restrictions, you're unlikely to get too much in the way of further fiscal stimulus to build that bridge until you do get yeah. the vaccine. So does that mean uh, that the Fed will do more? Because if you look at that that trend of for deaths in the United States, now definitely up, it's averaging uh, 1,170. It's past the second peak that we saw in August, half the way through to the, the initial peak we saw in, in April. We've got over 21,000 critical cases right now in the United States. Texas, one of the worst right now, the Governor Greg Abbott there, 
is an example, saying there's going to be no restrictions, vaccines are on the way, carry on what you're doing, which unfortunately is infecting each other. Uh, but Jerome Powell today saying, well, the improvement in the economy is slowing down, and we saw that a bit with retail sales, didn't we, today? The recovery is uneven, uh, and the next few months are going to be challenging. So does that is, the, is that signaling the Fed is going to do a lot more? And what's, what's that going to do to Treasury yields, which, you know, is it going to reverse their direction? Uh, yes, sir, Powell was a little bit cautious in his remarks, merely restating what he said earlier. I found uh, the comments by Fed's Clarita uh, late yesterday, uh, a little bit more enlightening, and uh, he did say that the Fed would continue to monitor developments and assess how asset purchases can best support achieving its objectives. So uh, it does look like the Fed is ready to uh, tweak the asset purchase program to provide a little bit more support uh, into the pipeline there. And the other thing just worth noting is just in terms of central banks globally is that there's a greater push to relax financial regulation, really to help stimulate investment as we do uh, enter the recovery phase uh, coming out of the pandemic. And the Bank of England's Bailey was out last night saying uh, if the economy was going to be uh, to successfully recover from the crisis, it requires business investment on a much larger scale than we have ever seen in recent years. And he's looking at various different ways that um, regulators could relax uh, uh, regulations around uh, the financial sector. Uh, And similarly, the Australian Treasurer today in the AFR is quoted as saying that he's going to be reprimanding the major financial regulators for hampering the recovery from the COVID-19 recession uh, due to overzealous intervention. So it does look like there is a concerted effort amongst global policymakers to loosen financial regulation. Mm. So does that mean that the RBA isn't going to do too much? So we've got Philip Lowe uh, in a panel discussion first thing this morning, haven't we? Um, And look, there wasn't very much new in, in terms of takeouts in the RBA minutes yesterday. But we saw payrolls yesterday showing a bit of a rebound. So maybe there's not much that the RBA needs to do, obviously, apart from trying to stop the Aussie dollar getting too strong. Yeah, so uh, Governor Lowy speaking, I think for the third time since the RBA board meeting, so it's unlikely he'll say too much more. Uh, the RBA minutes yesterday did re-emphasize that the board is prepared to do more if necessary, but uh, it does seem like a little bit more positive tone is coming from the RBA, just given uh, virus control in Australia, and you're starting to see that pick up in the high-frequency mobility indicators. Uh, the payroll data that you mentioned yesterday was very uh, promising. It did show a very sharp rebound in the Victorian labour market with uh, payrolls up uh, 1% over the fortnight to 31 October. And just remembering, Victoria only really eased uh, restrictions in the second half of October, so further rises are expected. But within the payrolls number itself, there were some um, weak uh, touch points, including the small business sector. So uh, the rise in payrolls was really driven by larger firms, which were up 1.2%, but payrolls amongst smaller firms actually fell 0.4%, and since late September are down 4.9%. Yeah, that K-shaped recovery that we keep on hearing about, isn't there? Another example of that. Look, retail sales for October in the United States, up 0.3%. Take out cars, it's up 0.2%. Not much, is it? And that includes Amazon Prime Day. And Amazon is saying their sales were up 3% on last year. So uh, that hasn't lifted that uh, that figure very much at all, particularly when you see that the uh, September number was 1.6%. So 1.6% up to uh, 0.3%. I guess a lot of people aren't getting that extra unemployment benefit anymore, are they? So that's probably slowed things down a bit. Yeah, so in the US, we're getting quite a number of different conflicting signals, and it really depends in which sector that you're sitting in. And as you're saying, uh, retail sales growth has has slowed, but it's just worth noting the level of retail sales remains uh, well above those pre-pandemic levels. Um, and uh, it does look like uh, households are running down that stock of savings. So it looks like they have saved some of the stimulus from the first round of fiscal stimulus earlier in the year. And the uncertainty is, is um, 
exactly where that stock of savings is at the moment and whether that will be enough to tie them over until uh, the hopes of a vaccine uh, are fulfilled. Um, in terms of um, the various sectors of the economy that are doing better. Um, it's definitely in terms of housing. So the Home Builder Sentiment Index for November hit a record high of 90. And just worth noting, uh, the, the bubble peak in the mid-2000s was 72. So uh, this is a new time record high. And uh, really, the housing sector, both in the US and right around the world, has been one of the sectors to outperform as people move more towards the suburbs and as interest rates are at record lows right around the world. And our industrial production are fairly met expectations. So it does seem like the manufacturing sector is or has been relatively insulated from the COVID-19 yeah. shock so far. Yeah, it's interesting looking at where equities are moving today because it's like that. The, the rotation continues. It's almost gone full circle and the banks and travel stocks have been taking the hit in Europe. But tech stocks, uh, not seeing the gains in the United States. We've got Facebook is down, Microsoft's down. But Tesla, uh, up almost 9%. It had a rise yesterday as well. That's because they've been accepted into the S&P 500 because uh, they've met the, the requirement of having five quarters of profit. So it's been quite a week for Elon Musk, hasn't he? He's also got his four astronauts up to the International Space Station. There's uh, there's no stopping him. So maybe those savings that you're talking about, people are going to buy a Tesla this Christmas and uh, you know, a new toy for Christmas that's going to that's keep everyone happy. Oh, it could be indeed. And just worth noting that um, for a lot of funds that follow uh, the S&P 500 benchmark or uh, ETFs, they will need to buy uh, Tesla stock uh, to um, replicate that index. So um, part of the reason why uh, Tesla has increased so much over the past uh, few months is on anticipation that that will be added to the S&P 500 index. And I think they're going to be added by uh, the middle of December. So it could be likely that you may see a further rise in uh, Tesla just back on that uh, index buying demand. So uh, positive positive and negative news on Brexit. Ireland's Prime Minister Mikhail Martin has said that the, the landing zones needed to strike a Brexit trade agreement have been identified by both the UK and the EU, but uh, also reports that Brussels is not expecting anything this week ahead of the, the EU summit. <laughs> so I read one date that's been suggested that the last, last, last possible deadline is the 28th of December, just three days before it's all supposed to be implemented. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, yes. Um, so uh, the thing that markets got a little bit uh, buoyed up by the article in The Sun that did suggest that uh, that landing point uh, could be uh, in train early next week. But as we've learned from uh, UK-EU trade negotiations, it seems like all those deadlines are pretty flexible. So we're, we're still very much of the view that uh, they will come to an agreement, but it's still uncertain exactly when that exact date will be. Uh, never less uh, financial markets are really looking towards that date and you did see cable outperform overnight up around 0.4 percent now we get uh, australia's wage price index late this morning we get UP- uk cpi this evening we get u.s housing starts and building permits early tomorrow nothing really there to move markets i would have thought but uh, fed speakers are out in force aren't they in the united states so i mean that that question about what is the fed going to do next is going to be f- first and foremost in in people's minds uh, definitely we get four feds fed speakers including Williams, Bullard, Kaplan and Bostick and I think Williams is probably the one to watch in terms of what the Fed uh, could do in terms of their asset purchase program come December and uh, I think the Fed's Bullard is interesting uh, because he has been um, leading the trend within the FOMC for 
a number of years, and uh, he has been strikingly bullish on the potential rebound occurring in the economy. It's likely his comments might be, uh, again, more optimistic just given uh, those vaccine hopes there. Um, as for the Australian uh, wage price index, again, um, unlikely to be market moving in this environment. The consensus is looking for a 0.2% quarterly rise. Uh, and uh, just worth noting, uh, the RBA noted in their recent statement on monetary policy that their business liaison program found that more than half of firms uh, indicated they had had implemented wage freezes or expecting to implement one in the year ahead. So the outlook for wages is very subdued, and that's likely to keep uh, the RBA on the sidelines uh, in terms of uh, needing to combat anything in the inflation sense. All right. Short but sweet. We'll leave you there for now. Great, Tapas. Catch you again soon. Uh, great. Uh, thanks, Phil. And that's how things are this Wednesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.